It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. Policies for third parties. As every compliance practitioner is well aware, third parties still represent the highest risk under the FCPA. The 2019 DOJ guidance devotes an entire prong to third-party management. It begins with the following. A well-designed compliance program should apply risk-based due diligence to its third-party relationships. Although the degree of appropriate due diligence may vary based on the size and nature of the company or transaction, prosecutors should assess the extent to which the company has an understanding of the qualifications and associations of the third-party partners, including the agents, consultants, and distributors that are commonly used to conceal misconduct, such as the payment of bribes to foreign officials in international business transactions. This set of queries clearly specifies the DOJ expects an integrated approach that is operationalized throughout your company. This means your compliance program must have a process and policies and procedures for the full life cycle of third-party risk management. There are five steps in the life cycle of third-party management. They include number one, business justification. Number two, questionnaire to the third party. Number three, due diligence on third party. Number four, compliance terms and conditions, including payment terms in your contract. And number five, management and oversight of the third party after contract signing. Your policies and procedures should specify that each of these be detailed as part of your life cycle of third party risk management. So for business justification, the purpose of a business justification is to document the satisfactoriness of the business case to retain a third party. It should be included in the compliance review file, a symbol on every third party at the time of the initial certification and again if the third party relationship is renewed. The business justification should be completed by the business sponsor who will be the company's primary contact with the third party going forward. Two, questionnaire. The term questionnaire is mentioned several times in the 2012 FCPA guidance. It is generally recognized as one of the tools that a company should complete in its investigation to better understand with whom it is doing business. I believe that this requirement is not only a key step, but also a mandatory step for any third party that desires to do work with your company. It certainly needs to be memorialized in a policy and a procedure for sending it out and collecting it. I tell clients that if a third party does not want to fill out a questionnaire or will not fill it out completely, you should not walk, but run away from doing business with such a party. One thing you should keep in mind is that you will likely have pushback from your business team in making many of the inquiries listed above. However, my experience is that most proposed agents that have done business with a U.S. or U.K. company have already gone through this process. Indeed, they understand that by providing this information on a timely basis, they can set themselves apart and be more attractive to U.S. businesses. Three, due diligence. Most compliance practitioners understand the need for robust due diligence to investigate third parties, but have struggled with how to create an inventory to define the basis of risk for, of each foreign business partner and therefore perform the requisite due diligence required under the FCPA. 
Getting your arms around due diligence can sometimes seem bewildering for the compliance practitioner. The purpose is to encourage businesses to put in place due diligence procedures that adequately inform the application of proportion measures designed to prevent persons associated with a company from engaging in bribery and corruption on the company's behalf. This means that due diligence procedures act as both a procedure for anti-bribery risk assessment and as a risk mitigation control going forward. After you have completed steps one through three, then you evaluate and document your evaluation. You're ready to move to step four, the contract. In the area of compliance terms and conditions, the 2012 FCPA guidance and tones, additional considerations include payment terms and how those payments compare to typically terms in the industry and country, as well as the timing of third party introduction to business. This means you need to understand what the rate of commission is and whether it's reasonable for the services delivered. If that rate is too high, this could be indicia of corruption as high commission rates can create a pool of money which can be used to pay a bribe. If your company uses a distributor model, then it needs to review the discount rates it provides to its distributors to ascertain that the discount rate is warranted. The contract. The contract. You must evaluate the information and show they've used it in your decision-making process. If it is incomplete, it must be completed. If red flags have appeared, these red flags must be cleared and you must demonstrate how you manage the risk identified. In other words, you must document, document, document that you have read, synthesized, and evaluated the information garnered in steps one through three. As the DOJ and SEC continually remind us, a compliance program must be a living, evolving system and not simply a check-the-box exercise. And number five, management of the relationship. This is where the real work begins in the life cycle management of a third party. If you do not manage the relationship, it can all go downhill very quickly and you may find yourself for, with a potential compliance violation. There are several different ways you should manage this post-contract relationship. Obviously reviewing the information, documentation, payment terms, where payments are going, whether the services are delivered are all key indicia. Additionally, training and ongoing monitoring of your third party on uh, media, local media as well. I continually give my mantra of compliance, which is document, document, document. Each of the steps you take in the management of your third parties must be documented. Not only must they be documented, but documentation must be stored and managed in a manner that you can retrieve with relative ease. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, use the full five-step process for the management of third parties. Two, make sure you have business development involvement and buy-in. And three, operational all operationalize all steps going forward by including your business unit representatives. This is really why it's so key to have the business sponsor as part of the original initial requirement of your policy and procedure around third parties. That is the business justification. The business unit representative will maintain that relationship and help steer clear of any problems for the third party going forward. I hope you will enjoy the entire month on written standards and that you will listen in again where we explore another topic in the month of May. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 days to a more effective compliance program. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic in innovation and compliance. Thanks again for listening.
31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.